Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. An Erio's original. I am a glutton for punishment, so I watched Contagion and I started watching some of those pandemic movies. I feel better seeing how bad it can be and I'm like, all right, well... That's terrible. Like I watched War of the Worlds on Epics, which was very dark. And I was like, all right, this is better than aliens taking over and killing everyone. So I like yeah. have to like make it like a rational sort of thing and make everything relative. Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to The Margaret Cho. Today we have a great guest, a friend of mine and such an amazing author and uh just super cool, Jenny Lee. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Where are you? <laughs> I'm in my backyard. Oh, nice. I have a lot of furniture back here now. I'm trying to make another, like, environment for myself other than my house because I was right. getting, like, Stir depression. Crazy. Yeah, I totally. was getting, like, serious, like, like, starting to think, like, what is happening? Like, I, I, I mean, it was Groundhog Day and it was that kind of thing of like, I, I'm doing the same thing over and over. And so I have to create some different environments for myself. And I'd already been working on this outdoor area and it just got so hot. And so I just sort of sped up my um, environments. So right. now I have an outdoor um, kind of an office, which is helpful. And uh, so Lucia and I are out here. How does Gemma like the heat? Does Gemma like... Gemma doesn't like the heat. Uh, Gemma, my 135-pound Newfoundland, she she's not a big walker anyway. She's super lazy, which is why I picked her. So, like, during the day, she'll only, like, go out to use the bathroom. And then at night, always, even when it's in the winter, we only walk her at night. And then she'll mm-hmm. only do, like, 10, 15 minutes. So I feel like she's been getting even less than that now, so I feel bad. But I just bought a treadmill, and I was like, I wonder if we could train her to walk. I've seen dogs on treadmills, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cute. I mean, I don't think, um, I'm not sure if Lucia would walk on a treadmill. She's so, um, I, I don't know if she could be t- trained to walk. Maybe she could. They're so cute when they walk on treadmills, though. The dogs are so, it's so adorable. I but I have a Peloton bike, which is very helpful. But um, yeah, it's like, I can't believe how much I want to go to the gym. It's really creepy because I <laughs> hate going to the gym but I actually really want to just to see when you're forced not to I know I heard that Peloton bike sales went up like a 30,000 units sold like in since this thing started like they're just like Mm -hmm. had a huge spike because everyone was buying those bikes and so I was debating that or a treadmill and I decided that like my husband didn't want to use a bike so I was like I thought a treadmill would be better for us 
Yeah, it's just a very good, it's a very good thing. Like, it's just good to have anyway. And um, I like the workouts and um, it's definitely just something, it's something that helps. I mean, it's it's all the, like anything that I have that's physical, it really has not a lot to do with just physical activity. It has more to do with just staving off depression, which is my main problem. I think in anything is if I stay motionless for too long, I have a really difficult, um, problem with like mood and um depression and um so I have to keep on moving and and I I don't know I think I realized throughout this like how much of a workaholic I am how much of an extrovert I am and it's it's crazy you know when you know we you and I have been talking and we work together and we're like what do we do like it's such a weird thing it's such a weird the first four weeks I was super mopey and like we didn't have the treadmill then and I was like hanging out and then my book tour had gotten canceled. And so I was just like bummed out from that. And then we didn't know the scale and I was reading the news obsessively. And then my mood totally tanked. And I was like worried. I was like, I'm not going to be able to handle this, which is when I was like, I have to do something. And hence I bought that treadmill two weeks ago because I needed mm-hmm. it. Cause I was like, we're not ever leaving the house. Like we have a decent size apartment, like 1700 square feet. So there's separation, Yeah, but it's not huge. Mm -hmm. And I have, I've never been so jealous of outdoor space and a yard ever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we have a balcony, Mm -hmm. but it's overlooking like a crappy alley that like, you know, you just see nothing. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, um, I think no matter how big your space is or what you have, everybody's like, just tired of being wherever they are even these um even people with mansions which is like that's super gross too it's like people (laughs) with their giant giant mansions like sick of being you know in their spaces i mean every but everybody's really um dealing with the monotony of their own environments and having to change up whatever it is you know and are you um, seeing anyone um i have um I'm by myself. I have um, one um, person who is very special. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> who I have seen uh, a few times, a couple times. Right. Um, which is really nice. But that that's it. I mean, it doesn't feel so isolating because I'm basically on Zoom all day long with right. these, like, either podcasting or um, kind of business meetings stuff, things... Um, I think in in entertainment also there is such a uh, a real frenzy to try to make sense of who we are in this isolation, you know. Because um, I think the entertainment industry or anybody who works in any sort of artistic profession like like this, you know, any sort of creative thing, like we just can't really make sense of. Um, time that isn't uh, monetized right <laughs> you know no, the, I get it you, you know you you don't have a sense of like a like somebody who uh, actually like goes in and and like essential workers are you know they, they they have a sense of like time work and ethics and and um, need and strife and I mean it's it's like you really see like what's really important but like for somebody like, you know, an influencer, an actor, a musician, an artist, like writers, all of us, like we just sort of like we have a different cause and different um, applications in society. So it's like we have to figure out where we are needed, I guess. And it's very it's very interesting. Yeah, I find it interesting, too, because like that first month. 
when I wasn't doing anything, I realized how much I used to work right at home, even like my last right. year because of the book and then our TV project. And I have another TV project and like a feature project. I was working like 10, 12 hours a day, no problem in my apartment, right. lock myself. And I'm still in the same place. So I'm like, I don't know why this is mm -hmm. different. And then like in the that first four weeks, honestly, I do like it may be two hours of work. And I'm like, I'm exhausted. I can't do anything. Or I was so distracted. Yes. And I was like, I, that was also kind of stressing me out too. And I was like, oh my God, what if I can't work in this new environment like <laughs> that I need the outside stimulus. Like you never think about it really. You're like, oh, how much you need other people and like to like kind of right. make you want to be at home sometimes to work. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, I have social yeah. time and I have home time. So it's been kind of fascinating. It's almost like the trappings of life kind of package how you're going to look at a situation or how you're going to look at a job in a sense. You know, it's like how does this, um, how does my the exterior of my life package what this job is or what this project actually is. And then, you know, so it's like you can put the constraints of the job or what that means, that creative job or what that application is onto um, what that means in hours per day. Right. You know, whereas if it's so free floating where we don't even know when the next meeting is going to be for this, we don't know when the next day of like, script is going to be due or when we're actually going to shoot then it's just so unrestricted like th there's no real pattern to what's going to happen that it's just too hard to commit to anything mentally right it's almost no too fluid yeah, yeah it's too much it's too amorphous so you can't like ground yourself and like every due date you don't know when it is i know i'm finding i had the definitely the same I adjusted my meds like that second four weeks and then that helped me too because I was like I can't I have to like ground myself in something so I'm trying to come up with a structure a little bit but I don't know right I'm doing better I guess I mean I feel a little bit better even though I read the news less a little bit like every day but yeah. I was reading it obsessively all day and that was like making me nuts. Yeah, I, I started to start to remove myself from the news. And then I started to go backwards a little bit um, in um, terms of media. Like I started to go, okay, I'm not going to watch any movies from this decade. And then I started to go backwards to, I'm not going to watch any movies from like 1950 on. And then I started to go backwards. I'm not going to watch any color movies. And then right. I started to go backwards. I'm not going to watch any movies uh, after Humphrey Bogart died. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to watch any movies with sound. And then I was like, I'm not going to look at any paintings after Monet. Like, right. I really started to regress. And, um, you know, so I got back to sort of impressionist painting and I started to think about, like, how um, if you really can... Um, look at like sort of pictures and art and, and really try to look light and not, not be so um, uh, judgmental about things and just try to like absorb beauty as it comes and not get so upset about things. So now I'm going forward a little bit. And um, so now I'm watching um, Grave of the Fireflies. So the, right. I'm in a happy medium of uh, Studio Ghibli movies. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so I think that's probably, you know, like maybe I could watch um, My Neighbor, Totoro, or My Friend Totoro. Or, you know, those are sort of like right. spirited away that, that I can like slowly uh, move back towards um, TMZ. Sort of funny. <laughs> I did like a little bit of the opposite, which is like every time I turned on regular contemporary TV shows, I was like, you know, everyone's hugging and kissing and shaking hands. And I was like, I can't watch this. It doesn't look real anymore when in the early days of the pandemic I guess we're in week eight so I only went I could only watch like sci-fi futuristic 
and I am a glutton for punishment. So I watched Contagion and I started watching some of those pandemic mm. movies that you can find. You find a lot of them. Like there were all these virus movies on Netflix and Amazon. My husband like always yeah. watches the beginning and then bows out. And he's like, I can't take it. But I just like want, I feel better seeing how bad it can be. And I'm like, all right, well, that's terrible. Like I watched War of the Worlds on Epics, which was very dark. And I was like, all right, this is better than aliens taking over and killing everyone. So I like yeah. have to like make it like a rational sort of thing and make everything relative to be like, we mm-hmm. should be grateful for what we have because aliens are right. killing us. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything like that's actually, um, I think what prepares us for all of this is anything zombie apocalypse. Because all of the sort of zeitgeisty zombie apocalypse um, fandom is really all about pandemic stuff. Yes. Because zombies are contagious. They are um, basically anybody that sort of comes in contact with a zombie becomes a zombie. And, um, you know, like you just have to stay away from them. And that's like all it is. And um, so all the zombie movies can sort of prepare you for... COVID, all of it is like really about that. Um, I think what is really um, kind of like even worse, if you could make the pandemic worse, is the pylon of racism directed towards Asian Americans on top of it. And that is like the most alarming thing of all. It's like we were just starting to get a leg up on kind of understanding our place in Hollywood and a multicultural Hollywood or starting to maybe sort of have a setting at the table in terms of entertainment. And so to have that sort of as a setback is really just a very difficult situation. I know. It's a little disappointing. I do think that because like Hollywood is so liberal that they'll try to like fight against it. Um, I'm hoping it'll go reverse and they'll like double down and be like, we got to make sure we integrate even more for the sake of like the world and like Asian Americans. You know what I mean? Versus like, hopefully. I mean, it's hard to say because I have people have asked me and I was like, I don't see anyone. So I have no idea if anyone would be... um, are, are being would be racist to me. I don't really think in Los Angeles because we're like so in the city, but like my mom lives in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm a little bit worried about like, I mean, granted, I'm sending her groceries, so she's not leaving her house, but I am a little mm-hmm. bit worried when she goes out there, like whether she'll yeah. like deal, have to deal with that. So it's a little. Yeah, special. I know. It's so weird. It's like, who would, I don't even know, like, we, no, I, don't, I don't even go out, so I don't even know what it, what would happen. But I do know that, like, there was some uh, doctor, um, an Asian-American doctor in New York who was, uh, he was going out with um, a GoPro strapped to his head, like, right. on top of his head, just to capture anything going on. And I, I thought, what a great idea. You know, that's so smart. Right. But that, you know, it's, it's just something that there's a consciousness around and... I talked to Randall Park uh, yesterday and he was saying he, he has his camera ready. Like his phone is like on like ready to go. Like anytime he's like at the store, re- you know, right. he's just like paranoid. Something's going to happen. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think um, anything can happen. Right. Even in I L.A. Know. Yeah. I anything agree. can happen. Yeah. I keep hearing from friends that like people are really on edge in the grocery store. I have like friends in like Maplewood, New Jersey, and they like, you know, her husband went to the store and he, I mean, very innocent sort of confrontation. He grabbed the wrong cart by accident. That person freaked out and shoved him. I mean, it's like nuts. I mean, he's not Asian, but I'm just saying in general, like everyone is so tightly wound when they're out that I think it's Mm -hmm. just ripe for like any little blow up. 
So yes, yeah, yes, unfortunately. And then everybody, yeah, everybody's on edge. Everybody's like, you know, and they're all enduring it in their own levels of like anxiety. I think for me in my age group, I think we're all sort of like under. For me, it's kind of like a weird um, PTSD too of. Uh, the second cold war you know the russians are coming it's like um the day after like it's like the 1980s um uh after the nuclear war uh post-apocalyptic kind of thing like there was a movie called testament in the 80s that i think it started jane alexander it was uh, also all about the nuclear fallout after um this world war three and uh having to live without so many things and it's not like that exactly, but it is sort of that a post-apocalyptic thing um, or people were living in bomb shelters and stuff. So it's that sort of fantasy, I guess. That's sort of what's happening in a way. So that, well, that's, that's the sort fear, of what, that's that the we fear, could get there, the that we could actually get there. I mean, if like yes. things start going south, you know, or sideways from here, which yes. we don't know. I think that's we don't also, know. Yeah. It's, but I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's not as if we have a threat of losing things like streaming services or internet or power or water or those kinds of things. I mean, right. I, well, I just read last week again, being a glutton for punishment, this new thriller that came out called The End of October, which happened to be a pandemic novel that literally just came out two weeks ago. And it was like, talk about good timing for a novel, right? Like you write a pandemic Mm -hmm. novel, he finished it a year and a half ago, and it's coming out in the middle of a pandemic. So it's like, I keep thinking, I was like, oh, it's good news. And it's bad news. It's good for the book. It's bad because we're living in a pandemic. So that Mm -hmm. one goes very, very wrong. And so I read it in like two days. And that one just like everything started escalating and then like people started blaming like same thing that's going on here like that you released it from a lab and then russia got involved and then like the middle east and then wars you know it just it was kind of stressful because that one went very wrong and then they ended up with no internet and yeah things got people were trading pearls for food and then i really started thinking i was like oh should are you not stockpiling food or hoarding but are you saving up extra food for like just in case or are you just kind of like not that going there. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's definitely extra food, but not just in case. It's more just extra food because there's always extra stupid food because we're Korean. Right. So there's always <laughs> stupid food for whatever reason. There's just so much food all the time. I mean, there's just food forever. I mean, there's always going to be food. It, it's just insane how much food there is. And it, it is always going to be that way. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the pandemic or not. There's <laughs> I am always chock full of food, no matter what. But it it's not really that. It's more, um, for me, it's more like mental health and like depression stuff and a kind of thing of like, how do I maintain a sense of sanity and lightness and joy and really like working hard at that because I can really go go into a deep dark place especially alone and um and so I have to really like try to attain a kind of brightness and I work very hard at it right um so that that's my main focus and so I really work hard at trying to not be hard on myself about being productive Right. which um, I can get really um, driven of like, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I'm just like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do it. 
Right. I'm not going to I'm not going to force myself into it. Yeah, I'm trying to be better about that, too. And I feel like my days are just shorter. I'm like, all right, I did enough for today. Like every day is a victory if like I got a certain amount done. And exactly the same as you, because I'm being very Korean and type A. I'm like, everything has to get done. I'm always worried about like deadlines. But here I'm like, I have to I don't know. I'm so distracted. It's like I can't believe how slow my output is. It's taking me much longer to do everything, especially to be. I mean, it's just being creative. I mean, I think if you're not in the right headspace, it's impossible almost to be creative sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. It's really hard. And it's just like, I'm just, I get so worried. And then it's so, um, it's like so toxic. And I think like the worry isn't going to help. It's like worry. I think in my family is like a religion. Like worry is some kind of like a weird pastime where they just like to think of like the worst case scenario and think of like what ifs. And it's just like fun for them. Like, my aunts would just, like, love to just say, oh, no, oh, what if, oh. If somebody's late, they like to just say, what if this happened and what if that happened? No, but, oh, you know, or, like, or they like to talk about the terrible things or that, that, that happened when somebody jumped in the swimming pool. Like, they, like, the people that broke their neck and then they, the family, do you remember those fa- those people? They, they, oh, they just got married and then, they, oh. And then, like, there, there's always some people that, like, they always break their neck in the swimming pool. And, and it's just like, you know, there's some always like bad luck thing happening. And so if I can just really just enjoy the fact that it's a beautiful summer beginning early in L.A. And that I actually just have free time to live in my home uh, with my dog. I can just enjoy my food. I I I wish that I could just allow myself to enjoy it. It's it's very, it's weird. It's hard to, though. It's hard to just, have, like, enjoy things. Have you picked up anything, like, like new habits? Like, I never, this is, like, so small, but I'm like, we never really ate yogurt before. I don't know why. We just, whatever. I just was not a big yogurt eater. And suddenly, like, yogurt and, like, fruit and berries is becoming, granola has become this big thing. And I feel like some weird habits of like just eating habits mainly have kind of started to switch because I've never, you know, I don't really cook. So having to be responsible for all our food all the time is like kind of crazy to me. That's the biggest switch. I mean, I, my refrigerator Ooh. has never been so full of food. I have never had run the dishwasher so many times like ever in my entire adult life. <laughs> I do love yogurt. I do love granola. And I got a new face, which I love. A new face is like this thing that's like microcurrents okay. and it's um, electrical. It's so weird. It's um, it's uh, two metal balls and then you put it on your face and it takes about uh, 20 minutes or something. You, it's like there's two uh, or three different attachments. I only have the one. And there was a big Sephora sale, but I, I got it in it. I, I was like, I don't want to spend any money, but I, I'm fucking rouge. So I just, <laughs> like, every year I get duped into buying a dumb thing. But I got it, and it, it's like a giant thing that you put on your face, and then it's like, I don't know what it does, but it sort of zaps your face. And so I put it on, and it, it's like, you know, it's 20 minutes a day. Normally I would never do anything like that for 20 minutes a day, but I have the 20 minutes. So I've been doing it every single day. And I really, I don't know what it's doing, 
But it's it's kind of fun for me to just do put this thing on my face for twenty minutes a day, and it's really exciting. I don't know if it's doing anything, but I like it. <laughs> Is it a full mask? Like I don't understand. It's like, uh, like no, it's not like the um, it's not like that Iron Man thing. You know, right? there's like the Iron Man thing, which I really I like that too. But that it's not like that. It's the um, it's like the two metal balls that okay. you uh, just kind of it. They usually have um, if you ever go down to um. Like the fancy makeup p- section of Saks, right. they'll have like a bunch of them, like these weird like metal ball things that they put on the like ladies' faces. But they have um, they have them at like the the fancy makeup stores, and they they'll like put um, some gel on it, and then they just put them on your face, and it electrifies like the oh. I don't know something, but you don't feel it or anything. But it's just like. I guess it does something. It puts like microcurrents of electricity underneath the skin. Doesn't that like, I think that's like to promote new cell growth, right? Like stem cells. Yeah. Like that's like they zap those things. Or if you have like weird muscle things, they put those electrodes to like get the blood flow yeah. going and bring the blood. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. I think you look wonderful. So I can see Thank you, you. On the screen. So I think it's doing wonderful things. <laughs> I'm enjoying that. I mean, it's it's just like, since I have the time, I'm feeling like, oh, well, that's something that I can do. Uh, so I, I really like doing that. And I'm doing a lot of sheet masks because I have like a backlog. Because whenever you go to buy like any sort of beauty stuff in Koreatown, you get like a shit ton of sheet masks for free. So I'm doing every sheet mask under the sun, <laughs> um, watching all my hum- Humphrey Bogart movies and uh, crying. And um, so that that's a good thing. Um the, those are the those are the habits I think I've picked up um, and cooking. I I, mean, I hate cook. I mean I'm like not a good yeah, cook, and cook? I really no I don't like it. I mean I do, but it, I mean I, I'm sick of it. I want to go to a restaurant. Oh, me too. When you were growing up, because when I was growing up, the reason probably why I don't like cooking is that my, you know my mom cooked three meals a day, basically three hot meals a day, always Korean food for dinner, and I was like the helper and had to clean up, and so she spent all of her time in the kitchen. I feel like I only remember my mom standing in the kitchen and like cleaning up or like making food. So that's why I have an aversion, I think, to it. And I was like, um, I can cook because she kind of taught me, but I'm like, I always was like, I choose not to. So I was very proud in my 20s living in New York City that I had like in my fridge Diet Coke and maybe a bottle of soy sauce. And that is it. Like I just never had stuff, you know. Yeah. Yeah. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss I mean it's like um, yeah I don't want to cook I mean it's like my dad cooked like one time you know and um, made such a production out of it <laughs> you know like the the fact that like my mom would always cook and um, always clean and you know and having to help I, I got really resentful about it and then you know it was um it was a badge of honor to not have to cook and right. not have to clean. And that, you know, the, to be modern and to be um, just so liberated, like, you know, to be a li- woman's liber and not have to do any of that kind of stuff was important. And But, you know, like, I, I do like the idea of being able to, 
And if you want to cook something delicious, that is nice too. I mean, I can make something delicious, and I can make I can make good kabi, right? Okay, and good mandu, and I don't make very good kimchi. My kimchi is not very good. Right. No, I've never even attempted. Like I've only been like I probably could maybe suffer my way through, but not. I don't know. My mom bought me one of those Korean American cookbooks, and I don't. I don't even know where it is. So I mean, I did buy rice, though. I have like missed it though, because I was like, oh, I should try, but I don't have a rice cooker. I oh yeah, I have a couple of rice cookers, but I um I would just rather go. Uh, there's a couple of good places around me. I think you know what I I just love to um I, I I love to just go to like a Korean place and like have them make it. And it's also so stinky when you make it at home. Yeah, everything smells, and then your refrigerator really stinks. Yeah, my parents too. had a second refrigerator out in the garage. My mom still does, which is where you put the kimchi, so it doesn't like make this refrigerator and so I have a tiniest little jar that I bought you know of kimchi right now and my husband like duct taped it around and then double bagged it with Ziploc and I'm like I can still smell it like emanating into the fridge it just stinks it makes everything else smell it's so good but it's so stinky yeah it's just so stinky for everything else but it's really I mean it's just uh I I think it's a when you start to get into the big gallons like you can't then you can't contain it right then it's just like it, it's too much, but that it, there's nothing so good as to like go to like the Korean restaurant where they can. I can't. I'm like too scared to get it as hot as it needs to be too. Like I can't really like get my um, grill or oven as hot as it needs to be to really char the kalbi hot enough. Right. You know, like I need to get like um, I have to just be brave enough to make the the uh, <laughs> griddle hot enough. Right. Yeah, I mean those are the those are the things that I'm not brave enough to do as a chef you have so many books like this is like the ideal you know like moksanim house (laughs) right you know it's like a very like moksanim it's very like um uh like very like scholarly like are those all your books those are all the books yeah it's like this like restoration hardware nine foot long it's one huge unit like library shelves that go all the way up. And then we have two more bookshelves on the side. Like we, I'm like a huge book reader. And then my husband writes as well. And so we're both are big readers. So we have so many books and that's the only thing I'm buying during the pandemic, uh, food and books. And then I bought a treadmill and that's it. Like, no, I have done zero shopping and I'm a big online shopper of like, you know, clothes and things. I Everything, bought yeah, of course, yeah. of course. I mean, it's hard. It's like, you know, just because every, I, I never feel right buying anything now just because I'm such a huge shopper too, but it's just, I've rejected buying anything new for a couple of years. I buy pretty much only like secondhand or thirdhand or resale or whatever, but I still buy a lot of stuff. Right. But um, I just still, I mean, now I've just kind of like bought nothing for a while, no matter what it is, just because I feel, except for food, because I feel like I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, It's exactly. just weird. And yeah, you're I like, I don't know why I would buy new shoes because I'm not wearing any shoes right now as it is. I haven't worn shoes in so long. It's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not like, I haven't put anything on my feet in so long. It's so weird. I've had the same tank of gas for three, like three months. I know. So weird. We have like, since we have to walk Gemma outside since we're in an apartment, we put on, um, we have like a whole routine of like outdoor clothes. There's like a whole protocol that we do like outdoor clothes, walk the dog, come in, sanitize hands, take off clothes, go wash our hands. I mean, it's like a whole routine and stuff, but I mean, that's mm-hmm. one pair of shoes. And like, I'm circulating between eight pairs of sweatpants. I have not put on 
anything with like a waist, which might not fit actually right now, considering because, you know, in the very beginning, I was like, oh, this could be the end of the world. Junk food city. Like, who cares? No one's going to see me anyway. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I'm like, I'm so pleased to just like, yeah, none of that. I yeah, I have no I, I, I don't know, like what what is going to happen or when it's going to be over or what's going to go on. I mean, do you have any sort of sense of like what happens from here or when, when things are going to get back to a sense of normalcy or if what, when do you think? Just from what I've read. And I mean, and then my brother's like a doctor and a cardiologist, MD, PhD who lives in Philly. So, I mean, I talked to him and like, it might be that Korean thing. We definitely go to worst case scenario a little bit. So I'm definitely feel like, it's going to be a while. I just really, all the states opening up, I just think there's going to be a second wave and a third wave. I mean, I've talked to people mm-hmm. like in, you know, Hollywood who have her working on shows and Zoom rooms and they have production schedules, you know, trying to start in July. And I'm like, not a chance. Like, I don't believe it. I mean, right. I just think it's going to be so difficult to do that in a safe way. And like, you know, the problem is everything what they're saying. They don't have the right tests, the antibody tests. I don't know if that works. So I think it's just... I don't know. I think it could just go on for a while. I mean, my husband hates the term yeah. the new normal, but it, I was like, I don't know. I think this is going to be a very big change for a very long time, sadly. Yeah. You know? And yeah. I'm trying to get used to that. I think it's that part of like acceptance. I think that's why we were so mopey. So when I see people who are like never talking about it and all happy on Instagram, I'm like, it's so odd to me, but I'm like, everyone has a different coping mechanism. That's what I'm thinking of it. I'm like, my husband is cleaning obsessively. I mean, he was always kind of the big cleaner of the two of us. So it's great that it works out for me. But like, that's like his main coping mechanism. Like he'll really go into it. Like, I think he's doing it. And then like, I can tell when I need to like escape and just read a book and lay in bed literally like all day and just play a game on Mm -hmm. my phone. (laughs) So I think it's just like, however you can get through the day is a win. You know, but we have different ways of coping because I do think that this is going to last a long time. Like, I do think it's not an easy or fast fix. I I feel like um, this was a long time coming and it was um, something that it also something could have been prevented. But it's it's something that we have have had a lot of opportunities to deal with. But it has a lot to do with, like, climate change and lots of stuff that we needed to pay attention to in a lot of other ways that we didn't. But it's like, um, yeah, I do think that there's a lot that needs to be done. And I do think that there's a couple of waves of it right. as well. Yeah. And, and as far as production con- is concerned, I think that that's like, yeah, July does not seem. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, it's like, there's so, I mean, production is like that. So many people and so many people in close quarters and, um, I think that's too soon, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, it's so many moving parts and there's insurance and unions to deal with and to think about. And I read that like David Arquette is trying to do this movie in Arkansas, but like it's a ghost town already. So then, you know, they have a whole process where they're going to fly everyone, everyone will 14 for 14 days alone there and then start trying to shoot. But then like with temperature checks and all these things, but I'm like, that means that you have access to that many tests to be able to test everyone every three days. You know what I mean? And that's the problem. We have a shortage and you just don't know. It's just eventually going to kind of go everywhere. I'm really impressed, though, with the way that Korea got through everything. And Mm -hmm. I mean, Korea is amazing. Like they they really did do this whole thing right. If they they did anything right, the pandemic was really kind of 
they they sort of dealt with it very yeah very they got handily. an A for sure yeah I was like they're very efficient I was like it it does all the skills that like Koreans have which is like super hardcore fast working very efficient like figuring it all out lots of you know streamlining and working together and like and then like listening to like the elders like you know because that's the whole sort of hierarchy structure which is like their president or all their leaders are saying this and then people do it like the same way we were raised as kids right like i never talk back yeah. i never whatnot and so i was like and it really shows with their numbers where ours are embarrassingly terrible and high i know and they're very impersonal like they're very like nothing personal but we're not gonna like you know they they were like not nobody was offended right by anything right. they were like Oh no, you know, it's not personal. It's like we're just like going to do this and it's like not a big deal. <laughs> it's like everything's fine. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And it's just like they got through it and I, you know, everybody here is like very like touchy and like angry and like personally offended. <laughs> it's like so nothing's personal. It's okay. It's like like these viruses are they're not nothing's personal. It's right. it's weird how everybody has to just get so like mad and I don't know. It's like it's also crazy. Like, this is us versus like a scientific thing. And the only way to beat it is not by getting mad and yelling at something. You can't fix anything that way. It's like it is. It's very like a scientific way of like, this is what we need to do. Here's the pattern. We are good at homework. Everyone will follow instructions and let's just do it. You know, because you have exactly yeah. what you said, because we have to. And then they and they're to. not offended. Right. And it's not, yeah. you know, it's just like what we need to do to move on or move forward. Yes. So, yes. yes. But I think, um, you know, we will we'll get through this and we are getting through it. And, and actually, you know, it's like this is a good time to remind people that there's lots of things that we can do. And we can also enjoy wonderful things like your books. Oh, <laughs> yes. Wonderful things like your writing, which is wonderful. And people should go out and get your books. Now, th this is great. And then the sad thing is, is that you couldn't go on your book tour, but you can reach people and you can still get to people with um, this interview and also all your stuff that's out there. And um, so you have lots of different stuff going on. Like, I mean, even though you're not doing a book tour, you're still going to be like doing like... You're doing stuff like press stuff online, aren't you? Like some things yeah, online. Yeah, I've been doing. I've done a couple like uh, inner Instagram like interviews with different like I. The thing that's so interesting about this book, um, it came out on March third. Is like I never really knew about the whole bookstagram world on Instagram. Like there are so many book lovers that post so many pictures of covers and books and like with hashtags. And it's just like something I never really knew about because I mean, I wasn't that big on Instagram before. I actually joined Instagram because of the book. Like my publishers are like young adult authors or authors these days, they really need to go on Instagram. And I didn't join just because, you know, not that I'm anti-social media, but more I'm a huge procrastinator. So the more things I have to like goof off with, I won't write. So I'm like, I'm worried about anything like that that I can like waste a lot of time on. So I like just didn't do it for you know, for years. So I only joined as soon as I sold this book, I joined Instagram. And I was like, Oh, so I really only kind of do the book. But it's been kind of a great thing to see. Like, so now I've seen pictures of my book, like, all over the United States, you know, from every state, and it's been released in like Amsterdam right now. And it's in Australia. And then the UK version came out and they're they're translating the Russian version, but they haven't it's not out yet. But I mean, it's just incredible to see it like globally, the book cover all over the world, which as an author, all my previous books, I never got that opportunity. So that's been really kind of like gratifying. So yes, my tour did get canceled. And I'm luckier than most I had like one week 
Like I had that event in Los Angeles, the party that you were unable to go to because you had the mass singer event mm-hmm. that I was like so worried in the beginning. I was like, what if my party was a super spreader event? But it wasn't because it was like 85 people and we were all crammed in and that was March 4th. So like mm. that was right at the beginning of everything. And then my last actual event, then I flew to Texas for like a festival that didn't get canceled. And then I was in New York. I did a strand book event on March 9th. And then like, oh, wow, 50 people showed up and some people, some of my friends canceled, but I got to see all my closest friends in New York, which was incredible. And my husband's family came. So I was like, oh, I kind of had a last hurrah before everyone panicked. And then we flew back and then like went under lockdown. So I did have that opportunity. So that was good. Oh, that's great. And at the Strand. I mean, what I know, a dream. I love, the Strand. I love the Strand. I mean, what a great place. Like the Strand bookstore, um, Powell's books, those yes. are those the are my legendary. Two yeah, those are my favorite bookstores, I think, in the world, you know, of, of places to uh, those two and probably City Lights um, right. in San Francisco. Those are the places that. You'd want you to spread your ashes when you die. Like those are the places to, you know, that, that, that it's like, um, but yeah, the strand in particular, um, is, it's a great place to have a party and that, and, you know, it's a great place to, uh, you know, launch a book. And so that, that's, that's your, the, the most recent party, you know, like that, that that's a good way to end a little bit of a little, little book tour and then have yeah. a little hiatus. So yeah. Exactly. You know. so that was it. Right. And so now what's weird is that I was right in the middle of finishing the second book. Like, I wasn't planning on doing a sequel. But then the publishers got early, like notice that it was doing that the sales team were like, Oh, people are very interested in this. And it was selling in very well. So then they asked about me doing a sequel to the book. So I started writing that and it's uh, overdue right now. But it was almost done right before I my book came out in March. So like by the end of February, it was close to being done. And then I come back and now the world's radically different. And obviously the first four weeks, I couldn't write at all. But my question to the publishers, I was like, are people still going to want to read this book? Like, I mean, do you know what I mean? Because it's going to come out next year in the middle of who knows what will be happening next year. And it's clearly going to be pre-pandemic. You know what I mean? Like it's clearly right. about 2019 or this time right before. So I was like, I'm very, but they are... They really believe they're like, people still want escapism. People still want yeah. to read that stuff. So they're like, you should finish. And I was like, okay, Absolutely. but should I mention the bit? They're like, no, let's just yeah. go as according to schedule. But I'm curious. So, I mean, I have, yeah. no, I guess we'll find out. So I'm trying, yeah. I'm trying to finish that right now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's yeah. great. That's great. I mean, because I think that's definitely true because I think um, you're going to want to write it as as I think I think that you know people want to get away from it right you know and, and in the world of the book um it hasn't happened yet right yeah yeah exactly yeah I was like because sometimes I use a lot of slang like teenage slang and like references to designers and things that are very current and I did see on Instagram because I can't help but read reviews sometimes where they're like oh this is going to get dated very quickly some of these things but to me I was like I'm writing about a very particular time like I you know, it was like Coachella of last year that I went to with like Billie Eilish was there and whatnot. So I referenced all of those things. So now in a way I was like, oh, well, it won't really be dated in the same way because it'll just be like the end of pre-pandemic or, you know, basically. Right. So, I mean. No, I mean, but it's exactly right. Like if somebody was writing a book about um, like, say, uh, Monterey Pop in 1968, I would want them to be talking about seeing uh, Janis Joplin. Right. And, um you know, Jimi Hendrix or, you know, if they, they, yeah, they played there, you know, like somebody was talking about Woodstock. 
you know, whoever was playing the Summer of Love, you know, you would want them to be talking about exactly who was there. Right. So it would make sense that um, you would be talking about the same Coachella in the same way. So it doesn't date it. I mean, if it dates it, it dates it because it's a historical reference. Not because. I I think like if you're talking about something uh, like about Y2K in in, um, 1999, I think it's genius. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to read everything about Y2K. Like, I I think anything about, like, Paris Hilton or um, Don Ed Hardy shirts or, like, anything of that sort of era is so brilliant and genius. Like, anything, like, sort of um, pre-Britney shaving her head is really, really good. So, it's like, you know, I really appreciate um, things that are of the time in the time. So, it doesn't date it. It It just, you know... It's it's there. It's supposed right. to be there. Right. Yeah. That Y2K thing is so I do remember all that panic of like, oh, my God, it's going to be the end of computers. And they had so much hype and then nothing happened. So I was like, oh, it's so interesting. Because this one started out so softly. And like, I mean, we weren't making fun of it by any means at the end of February. But I really I wasn't reading that much news anyway, right before the book and stuff. I mean, I was very distracted. So I kept hearing about it, but I really didn't necessarily take it seriously until all of a sudden that's it it isn't a weird thing that everyone all over the globe is talking about one subject it is Mm -hmm. a very weirdly unifying experience which is why i feel like everyone shouldn't take it personally and be so much nicer to each other and like empathetic about like however everyone's dealing with it and just be more accepting i was kind of hoping for that but i don't know know. happening i know well Maybe they, they will be someday. We will someday. We will someday. Well, thank you so much. I, I love you. I'm so glad that we got to talk. Um, can you tell people uh, what your Insta is? Well, tell people um, what the book is, where they can get it, where they can see you, where they can find you, um, online, your, your handles, etc. Okay. Um, the book is called Anna Kay. And it is a reimagining, a modern reimagining of Anna Karenina by Tolstoy. It takes place in New York City and Greenwich, Connecticut, among very, very wealthy teenagers. So there's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of soapy, frothy fun. It's very like high end. And there's a lot of drama, like the fictional drama, which is what I prefer over this real world stuff. Um, my Instagram is at Jenny Lee Writes. Um, there's a website of Jenny Lee, uh, writes.com that, that has information about the book. The audible, uh, the audio book is on audible and Jenna Ushkowitz from Glee is the reader, which was really fun. I was really happy. They wanted to pick a Korean, um, person to do an actress to read the book for me. So, and that version's great. I was even listening to the audio book too, basically, cause it's fun to have your own words read to you. That is so cool. I love it. Taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Powered by ACAST. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.